Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code the Zone 125 You bet, you win, you get paid. BETUS.com. Green Bay Packers, Cleveland Browns, Saturday, 3.30. Mark Westvelda-Scantling, positive for COVID-19. Hopefully there's not more to come. But, Rowdy, you made a you made a good point. Like, where the hell has Darius Smith been? He had that Instagram post saying, I'm thinking it's about that time. He was smiling ear to ear, wearing his Packers garb, and then we haven't seen him. I was not talking to Rob well, No, Reichel he came back week. to practice that week. Yeah, he's been he was a, doing, like, small stuff like, on the side. individual stuff yeah. on the side. He's been kind of, do, like, just hanging around doing that. And you're like, eventually this dude's got to come back, right? Rob Reichel said on Thursday, he's like, don't get your hopes up. I think that's just you know wishful thinking. You're more likely going to get Jair Alexander and David Bakhtiari back. And Matt LaFleur said yesterday on the podium, as the practice weren't really practicing, yesterday on the podium, that they're not going to be playing this Saturday, Christmas. You would think then, Rowdy, and I think we talked about this Monday when you first had come back, right? that they would come back, have to come back right before the season's end. Yeah, I think it Well, they get three weeks once they uh, get activated and are able to practice. So I believe after this uh, Cleveland Browns game, they have to play in the next game. Yeah, so you have the Vikings on the second and then the Lions on the ninth. So, Rowdy, you would think that you would have these guys back because it's been they've been hinting at it all season. They've never put them on the injured reserve. Um, they're there at practice. Hell, David Bakhtiari is back on the practice field. He just be you know putting as limited and then out. And then Jair Alexander, they've been getting third, second, fourth, fifth, sixth, seven opinions, and he's back at practice in limited fashion. They're going to be back, right? I yeah, I would imagine that Jair Alexander and David Bakhtiari are at least the two that will be back for sure. And if you think about it, they missed these two games or this game with the uh, Cleveland Browns. David Bakhtiari comes back the next game against the Vikings. That'd be a full year from when he basically tore his knee up. Because yep. remember, that was New Year's Eve night where they had their little like late afternoon practice and everyone's at their New Year's Eve party getting the notifications that David Bakhtiari tore his knee up in practice without a, what was it, a non-contract drill? It was the final nut kick of 2020, mm. uh, 2020 with a nut kick. Continuum. Yeah, right before the playoffs start. Yep. But yeah, I think you get those two guys back. Do you this remember is, what you were doing at that time? I yeah. Was, I was in my kitchen uh, preparing a steak. I was at one of my friend Bo's house and we were having like, you know, the some of the friend group over and then yeah. everyone got the message at the same time so and looked around and like, oh, oh no. And then there were some few choice words. Yeah, I was in my kitchen uh, preparing a steak and my wife was like, I was like, I hit a little big groan. I'm like, oh, she goes, what's wrong? Did you mess up the steak? I go, no, Bakhtiari tore his ACL, he's out. She goes, who? <laughs> Love you, Jenny. But yeah, David Bakhtiari, it's, that's been a long road to recovery. Well, I think if they needed him, I think he would have been back sooner. I, I think agree. the thing is that they realized that they were getting such good offensive line play from so many different people that uh, they said, they're let's just get him 100%. Let's get him a year out. Yeah, and what, what other teams, Rowdy, can say that they're getting healthier as the playoffs near? Not many. I think the only other team that can really say that is the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. And they're the currently the last 
seed in the playoffs. Sixth. Oh, are they? Yeah, Vikings are seventh. Or, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Vikings. no, you're fi- you're fine, dude. But yeah, I mean they're 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 down there too with the Vikings. Sixth seed as they got the Titans coming up. And right now, that's a team that the Packers aren't going to play in the first round. No, probably don't play them at all. Yeah, totally. Packers right now looking at that bye as they're the first seed. And and there's another thing, right? Packers can say they're getting healthier as the playoffs near. And then if it, everything holds serve and they win out and the Packers get the one seed, guess what? They have another week of rest. There's more time for Aaron Rodgers to heal his fractured pinky toe. Aaron Jones and his knee. Aaron Jones Because you can tell knee. they're limiting Aaron Jones oh, because of the knee, yeah, which AJ I Dillon totally get. Uh, yeah, oh, totally. A.J. Dillon getting some more push. And death. could you imagine it getting colder and colder? And then you got to go up against a guy who's got nicknames for both of his quads, the Quadzilla and the Quadfather. A.J. Dillon is a punisher. Dude is the beast. You just kind of sparked my, uh, my brain there saying it when it gets colder and colder. That also might be a reason why... They've held Bakhtiari and uh, Jair Alexander out a little bit. When yeah. it's colder and colder, things don't necessarily... Uh, Takes a while to get loose and get, warmed up. Yeah, get as flexible and, and move as well. I get it. Yeah, so Packers getting healthier. If they keep the number one seed, which, looking at the schedule, they very well easily could. They have another week of rest with the bye. You have Aaron Rodgers, who's getting better with the fractured pinky toe, and by the last couple of games, Aaron Rodgers and that fractured pinky toe... I mean, no, he's hobbling at the end of the game, walking to the locker room, but on the field, he's a beast. And you look at that schedule for the Cardinals and the Rams and Tough. some and the the Buccaneers or not the Buccaneers, the Cowboys that have to play the uh, Cardinals. A lot of those teams outside of the Buccaneers, who the Packers already technically have about a two game lead on yeah. due to tiebreakers, have some tough schedules. Rodgers might even get to have a little day off against the Lions if it all plays out well for the Green Bay Packers. Totally. And, Rowdy, looking at this, uh, the Packers definitely have an easy schedule. It's going to be the Browns Saturday, the Vikings on the second, and the Lions at Ford Field on the ninth. My question, though, Rowdy, is that easier or is the Buccaneers? Because you have – No, Bucks is easier. They have the Panthers twice. And the Panthers – And the Jets. Panthers are basically losing like they did last week. Now, the reason I bring it up is because you're playing the same team twice in a three-week span. They're they're right on the border of elimination, and you have Tom Brady who played a terrible game. They had a lot of injuries. I think you're going to see the wrath of Brady, and they're just going to annihilate the Panthers. The man in the arena. And then by then, the Panthers are not going to yeah, care. Like, they're like, we don't care. I don't think they'll really be putting up too much of a fight later. No. Let's go to the phones. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, Corey. Hey, What's up, brother? Well, you don't. Hey, no, not uh, much. That's more than I do. <laughs> Quick question for you. So, right now, what's the records of uh, Arizona and Tampa Bay? Aren't they like both a game behind the Packers? Yep, all them and the Cowboys are all ten and four. So, a question I got for you guys: Do you know, looking at the tiebreakers, if the Packers just win the next two games, do they clinch the one seed with the last game left still, basically? Or right, right they- now. The I believe it's the Cowboys would have the tiebreaker over the Packers, but yet they're they're still a game behind them. But that could change because so yeah, that could change. They the they boys. play the Cardinals, yeah. so they would have the tiebreakers because of like comic opponents or some wacky thing like that. I believe it be it was based on uh, division record, or no, uh, sorry, conference record. Conference record. Okay, yeah, I guess because the Packers lost with two. Conference games. Yeah. And the Cowboys as a boy lost one then or something like that. Is, okay. your head, is your head spinning? 
find it. No, no, not really. I like thinking about this stuff. <laughs> good, good, good. That's why I ask these questions. I ask too many questions, probably. No, hey, Corey, you always have to be asking questions in every walk of life, and if you're not, you're just a complicit theorist. Yeah, that's why I always am suspicious of the person that says they know everything, because if they say they know everything... They don't. Then, they don't know Yeah, Corey, right now... The Dallas yeah, Cowboys are eight and one in conference. Packers are eight and two. Okay. So, so technically, right now they have the tiebreaker, but all of this could change. Got it, Corey. Okay, Corey. Yeah. I was been asking this everyone that calls in, and I want to get something from you. I know it's the thought that counts, but your worst, oh, yeah. your worst Christmas gift ever was what? I was actually thinking about this. Yeah, it was tough. I was kind of like Charlie, where I can't quite recall a bad one, but. Uh, the only one that stands out is my brother. I gotta love him, but I think this was probably like 12, 13 years ago. Like, he got me a Blockbuster $25 gift card, like, chucked it to me across the room. A I'm Blockbuster like, well, gift card? I'm like, well, thanks for the, the thought that calls. Or it was like Best Buy or something like that. I'm like, okay. A gift card, enough. he just threw it at you from across yeah, the room? He just, like, he just chucked it to me from my parents' uh, chair. I'm like, wow, okay. This is. What'd you get him? Do you remember what you got him uh, that year? You know, probably something a little more thoughtful. I got him a, a new sling for his rifle this year so he doesn't have it falling off his hands as he's walking through the that's, woods. That's so, a good thing. Yeah, that is a good thing. Hey, my stepdad, my stepdad, yeah. all he wants is gift cards. He's like, it's the best gift you could ever give someone because then I can you know, get whatever I want. And we usually do that, but the wife and I this year have been pretty, she's put a lot of thought into the gifts. Yeah, for that's, that's the way to do it. That's what we try you know, to do, too, put thought into the gift. She's got a little bit bigger heart than I do, so she actually like puts a lot of thought. Yeah, my wife is really good at like picking out gifts for people. I struggle. Yes, yes, I as well. Yeah. So, well, anyways, so then the last question I got is if they're holding Bakhtiari and Alexander out because it's getting colder, you know, <laughs> it would just turn to winter yesterday. It's only going to get colder from here. So, what's the plan on that? Think. No, I was or just saying, giving them a little bit more time to get healthier. Yeah, because they keep winning, and the you know what the line keeps doing it, and the defense keeps doing it. Yeah, I guess. That's I don't know. Uh, just wishful thinking by us, I think. But who knows? Well, we just got to speak it into existence, guys. Exactly. You know, it's just like speaking into existence. The Lions beating the Vikings <laughs> can happen. And so. you did that, Corey. You did that when we were chatting with Correct. each other. Yeah. Bingo, bingo. That's right. Well, you guys have a great Christmas, <laughs> and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, buddy. Have Later. a good Christmas. Bye. See you, man. See you, Corey. Good stuff right there. A blockbuster gift card, Rowdy. I don't and then they probably went out of business. I know, like, that's like, that, did he say it was like 20 years ago? Or did you catch the year? I, he said it, but I forgot it already. Let's hope the blockbuster gift card wasn't like the year that went out of business. That would have sucked. All right, we'll uh, come back. The Razor's Edge. Rowdy's undefeated since coming back to the studio. 7 o'clock, it's the Richters. Barry Richter, who always joins us, the Prince of Wisconsin Hockey. And with Scott, well, all of Wisconsin royalty, the face that built the place, Pat Richter, alongside a Barry. All right, I have a uh, very special surprise today. Um, usually I'm going to be playing some, you know, Foo Fighters to welcome in our guy, Barry Richter. Uh, instead, this time, I, I, I think I got to do a little different. Never made it as oh, there you go. I think I got to play some Nickelback. Yep. We say good morning to Barry Richter. Good morning, Barry. How hey, you doing? Hey, boy, how you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, you said, can you play some Nickelback, please? And I said, yeah, of course, anything for you, Barry. And then on the other uh, end here on the phone line, we have your dad, Pat Richter, the face that built the place. Pat, good morning. Good morning, Evo. Are you a... Uh, Barry he said... Miss, he, he loses track of it. It should have been Pink Floyd. <laughs> 
Well, hopefully you didn't lose track of Christmas coming up here and get a good gift for you under the tree. Uh, Pat, I want to thank you for joining us, man. It's, it's a pleasure. I think last time we talked was you're in a golf course like two years ago, I want a year and a half ago, I want to say. How's the golf game? Well, right now it's a little bit uh, you know, just in, stuck in, in neutral, you know. <laughs> it, I just, I, I'm, fa- I'm phasing out. And I know I'm not doing well, and uh, I'm, I'm accepting that. That's a, it's a, The guys that I play with usually are kind of tracking this along with me, so it's just all relative, you know. <laughs> Well, Pat, I've, I've accepted I've accepted my fate too. I am terrible at golf, but I accepted that about ten years ago. So I don't even really bother anymore. I, d- I just go to have a couple beers, you know. Yeah, well, I play, I play with Barry when he, uh, you know, he thinks he can beat us, and, and then he just tell him, "Putter, just move. You're, you're pushing the putter just a little bit to the right. You're opening your face a mind little games. bit." Mind games. to play mind games, even. So, Pat, you're on the you're on the course playing mind games. I always heard that hockey players are really good. At uh, golf, can you confirm Barry uh, Yay or Nay is good at golf? Of the you know the good oh, hockey yeah. player that he was, yeah, no question about that. Although I think he, he started uh, coming around with me and playing golf when he was about seven or eight years old, and uh, we had a fellow named Fred Gage who was an old broadcaster and a good golfer, and he kind of took him under his wing and uh, taught him some things to uh, play well. Started young, and, he, and then of course the hockey took over, and then that uh, got the strength and the length and everything else. And strength and the length. He never was really too wild, anyway. <laughs> hey Pat, it's, I got I got Pink Floyd playing for you now. Okay, how's that sound? A little money. Yeah, there we go. There we go. There yeah. we go. I'd love to have the a... best concerts we ever had at Camp Randall. Oh, were you? I mean, how much say did you have in that, Pat? When you brought Pink Floyd in and stuff, did you have a lot of say in that? Well, they came in first before I was athletic director. I think 1986 was the first time they came in, and uh, it was a spectacular event. And then we had an opportunity later on to have them come in when I was AD. And then uh, that back at that time, it was uh, a lot of concerts that were done in the stadiums. Now there's not too many that were controlled, but uh, you know we kind of had to do that just to make some money and uh, get a little bit out of the hole. But it was a big event. <laughs> Yeah, hey, we were rain. We weather forecaster. We called him. He said, "What does it look like?" He said, "Well, it looks like the rain's going to hold off till about ten thirty, but that'll be after the concert." Great. Well, it started raining at six and never stopped. Well, uh, question. I know Barry's going to say something to you real quick about some rock stars, but question for you: Did and if you know this or not, did Pink Floyd have like a big writer? You know, like how the bands come in. And it's like you know, Ozzy would say, "I only want brown M and M's." Did Pink Floyd have one? Like, like we need a certain amount of like psychedelics, or we need this or that. Like, did you have to cater to Pink Floyd to a certain degree? If you knew, if you know, no, they they were pretty uh, pretty much down to earth. They, okay, good. Nothing real fancy. Nothing like the Stones or U two and. Uh, but uh, we had a chance to talk to Nick, the uh, the drummer, and uh, it was just kind of cool guys, you know. They're yeah. pretty much mellow. But uh, with with uh, the Cold Center concerts, like with uh, uh, Elton John, you know, we met them downstairs downstairs in the locker rooms, and before the uh, event, we said, "What in the world are they doing?" They were, they had jelly beans, jelly bellies. And they were tossing them from one end of the room to the other and trying to catch them in a paper cup. So that was idea of having a lot of fun. Rock stars, man. That's their idea of uh, beer pong, I guess. I guess. Yeah. No. And Barry, you, you were trying to tell me something. Oh, yeah. No, I just remember my dad meeting the Rolling Stones. And, uh, you know, those are good times. Uh, I especially remember that we had uh, this apartment. We can definitely talk about this story where Please. we were. I was a senior in college with a bunch of uh, hockey players and 
we were having a party, and then uh, I invited my dad over. My With mom, jelly bellies. And, well, they came. Well, we had some. We had some solo cups going, and uh, <laughs> my dad took two steps. He was the AD at the time. He took two steps in our apartment. And he goes, ah, "I'm going to be leaving right now." Yeah, so it's like a, it's like a don't ask, don't tell, right? He was, he was like, and this you is gotta before. Finish, you you got to you got to tell a real, real story. But the fact was, it was right over on Randall, right at the arch, and it was a football game, and these guys were. Like selling beer for a buck a cup or something like that, and I'm thinking myself, well, you can be arrested for Pete's sake. <laughs> was it a buck a cup or five bucks a cup, Barry? It was five yeah. bucks a cup too. Yeah, uh, we got to make profit here, Pat. Freshman. We got to make some profit here, you know. Well, I got at least I got a discount anyway. <laughs> Hey Pat, I want to give you a congratulations. I'm like, for some reason, I didn't hear it everywhere. So I'm glad that we could be a trumpet for it. Uh, you had won the Big Ten Ford's Knick Award uh, for being, and this is crazy to me. You're the first UW alum to be given credit for this award. It's for a former student athlete who achieved success in leadership after their playing careers. My God, did they wait a long time to give this award to you? <laughs> they probably had to check and see if I was still around. You know? <laughs> No, how cool for you, man! Really awesome, you oh, know. The, thank you. It was nice. It yeah. was. Uh, we had the uh, uh, kind of a funny story when they first start those awards. I was had the receiver award with Desmond Howard, so I was the older guy, and then Desmond Howard of the Yards was the Richter Howard receiver award. And we went to Indianapolis to to be uh, introduced for the first time. It was the award was given, and. Uh, we were standing in the tunnel. I was talking to Dick Butkus, and we were reminiscing about some old times. And, and we could, all of a sudden, we started to hear this chant, F-U-E-P-O-N-O-S. <laughs> Butkus looks at me, and he says, oh, yeah, there's some classy Wisconsin fans for you. You're like, hell yeah, dude, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is Red Green. who was like 110. She said, what are they saying? You know? <laughs> Well, that I was, uh, you know, one of the things I was talking to Evo about last week is that, um, you know, just the just the change of college athletics. I mean, you've seen it all, right? I mean, you came into Wisconsin uh, in the red and and turned the program around, hiring Alvarez and doing a great job with the basketball program and and so forth. So, and now you just come into this world where you have name and likeness, and you have all these things that are just uh, you have to juggle as athletic director, and, and now you have. Uh, Macintosh in there that has to has to do all these things and then you see what's going on and the coach is leaving for huge amounts of money you know they're selling their houses they're buying houses for them but you've seen it all I mean uh could you expound here for the listeners just a little bit about you know the challenges that maybe the modern athletic departments well, have Pat really quick before you answer Bear well you and I just had a mind melt I was going to ask him the same kind of thing with Chris McIntosh coming in as when Pat coming in knows a little different you know eras and whatnot but what's it like for an AD coming in a new guy on the job and how the much pressure it is well Barry well, well, you guys use big words now. Expound, my gosh. <laughs> Getting older, Dad. Hey, we got to try and sound smart, okay, yeah. Pat? Yeah. Well, it was. It is different. It's uh, there's a lot of television money. There's you know fifty million dollars a year that comes to the university and the television money, which gives you a lot of freedom, a little bit to do things. And uh, obviously, it's, it's not all going to the athletic department, but. Uh, with nil, they call it name, image, and likeness. That's the real kicker. And already you're seeing guys coming out of high school that are making deals for ten and a half and whatever. And uh, and the uh, on the West Coast, uh, they're doing things like uh, you know special events and uh, with the Hollywood scene and everything else. There's a lot of flexibility out there. Texas is going crazy. They've, they've got a ten million dollar fund. To uh, to fund different types of uh, sponsorships and things like this for student athletes, they've got a 
an arm that does a lot of charity work or whatever, and that was the thing that kind of draw attention to everybody's what they're doing is yeah. They said, well, it's basically like it's been all along, only now it's in the open, and so I think you're starting to see some of the things that the NCAA is looking at that don't pass the smell test, so to speak, because it really has to be a quid pro quo. If you're going to get some money, you're going to have to, have to do something for it. But the other uh, schools are going to get, I think the rich going to get richer. You know, in Alabama, the quarterback came in, and you had a big deal, and, and now there's places where they're going to guarantee for a student athlete with respect to academic uh, levels of you know, gifts of uh, $5,000 and, it's going to proliferate to uh, agents and things like this, and that's where it's going to get a little sticky. But uh, it's it's a lot different. It's it's basically money driven right now, and uh, it's going to be a really tough environment unless you're uh, unless you're going to get everybody on board in terms of opportunities for student athletes. It's going to be huge recruiting. It's recruiting now is twenty four seven. You're not just recruiting somebody who comes to school from high school, but once they're there, you're going to have to continue to recruit them mm-hmm. if they're not happy. You've seen that already. You should go to the portal, and uh, yeah. it's like one-stop shopping. Uh, Pat Richter joining us right now as well as the son, Barry Richter. Now, Pat, we had both said expound over here. You said proliferate, so we're throwing some big oh, words around, by the way, just just to keep you on your toes right there. I'll look that up and see what I said. <laughs> I have to do that every show. So, Pat, when it comes to you know money makers for sports and whatnot, I mean, Wisconsin Volleyball just won the national championship. Uh, from your you know amazing time as athletic director to see sports kind of come back to UW and become Money makers. What's it like to see a sport like volleyball, who once you know was kind of you know not seen as a money maker, but now season tickets sold out and just won the national championship? Can you speak how good it is to see a program like that rise up? Yeah, well, money maker Ebo is it makes it is a difference between money maker and you know whether they are able to run it, generate enough money to pay for the program. That True. usually doesn't happen, but uh, but it is. It's a family oriented uh, sport. Uh, I remember when Barry was in school. He remembers we had some great teams back then. It really kind of Kicked off the interest in the in the volleyball and uh, and I you know he had some friends on the team and uh, and it's gotten better different eras and uh, everybody's kind of built on it a little, a little bit and gotten better and better and and the nice thing about it is it is family oriented but you know the thing that you do with lesser priced tickets is obviously most of the people that go there uh, spend their money on the concessions and like this where your margins are pretty decent so it's but it's basically more of the interest and the excitement and enthusiasm and uh, the people that are following it. I mean, I, I, they're really rapid. I've got some friends that you play cards with and uh, gold friends from the neighborhood years ago, and they go and uh, and they enjoy it, and it's been, been great. But it's uh, it really helped when that call center was built because then it, it gave an opportunity to give the Fieldhouse a kind of a special venue for wrestling and, and uh, volleyball yeah. and yeah, and that helps in recruiting. But now, you know, we the, you can just see it already. We had a, a transfer from the portal just yesterday, with respect to volleyball. And when you get success like that, it's mm-hmm. going to breed success. So it it should get better and better. But it's obviously it was exciting. I mean, I don't think anybody uh, would have expected to watch a total of maybe six to seven hours with a volleyball 
in their, in their mind. They just said, yeah. why, what are you doing? But it was exciting, and it was, uh, it was great for Wisconsin, obviously. So Barry's got a question for you, but first, on volleyball, there was over 18,000 fans in Columbus, Ohio, watching Wisconsin win, and 1.19 million people watching on TV. The largest ever. Rowdy sent me that stat last night, insane. Barry, yeah, you no, a, I mean, I, I, was, I was thinking, Dad, I was, you know, with the, with the success they've had, and you can't even get a ticket. I think they should play. You know, maybe those top two or three teams in the Big Ten. They should move to the Kohl Center. I think they yeah. should do that. I think they should move that over. I mean, you know, just to be a great venue for the girls and everything. And so, what? It's an awesome sport. I it mean, is. My daughter's played. And now, Pat, you, know, you were a three sport athlete. If they, if they had volleyball, could you be up there just like spiking could. down? Could you have been a four one? You know, now I still to this day even kind of shudder to think of it because I. Could, Nobody comes up with a sprained ankle. I'm amazed at that. When like all the feet moving and things, I guess to go up and spike the ball and come down and roll your ankle. It was always a fear of mine. And for some reason, <laughs> we never had men's volleyball back in those days. It was a little bit of badminton and whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, Pat, um, before I let you go, and I, again, thank you for your time and, and Barry for setting it up as well. Love having the Richters on at the same time. Incredible. We're doing, you know, Christmas is on Saturday. We're doing a little topic here. And, you know, I was uh, trying to buy for my dad or my stepdad. It's like I never know what to get the guy that has everything. Uh, Pat and Barry, same question to you. I know it's the thought that counts, but do you guys have a worst Christmas gift that you have ever received? Well, I think the, the worst. worst. Yeah, the worst. Well, I'll, I'll let you think a little bit, Dad. Though I think the worst <laughs> gift you receive is the one that's not really for you, but it's for the family. Yeah, I mean, okay. that, I mean, <laughs> that's yeah. sort of like it's not really for you as an individual, but it's like for the you know, it's really for everyone else or maybe more for like, others. My wife you know kept I mean? saying she wanted like a Dyson handheld vacuum, and I'm like, I can't buy her a vacuum for for <laughs> Christmas. Like that's like that's for the house or like, the regifting one that you know that probably was regifted. Yeah. Uh, now, Pat, I'm sure well, I'm sure as a father, you've got a lot of ties, a lot of socks, maybe a lot of coffee mugs. Any <laughs> any worst Christmas gift? All of the above. <laughs> I got I got so damn many socks. I don't know what to do with them. They all are the most Christmas socks, you know, I, and I'm get to the age now where. I, I, mean, I don't have to wear socks. I don't want to wear socks. But uh, usually, it's about the third uh, uh, brush for your grill that you get a little bit tired of. You know. Well, shoot! I gotta go. Yeah, very. I gotta better, go. Actually, better, I gotta go to Home Depot. You return that. What the, what I gotta return gift. that gift. You now. better re-gift for Pat shoot. here. I'm into, I'm into gift cards now because it makes it much simpler. And, that's, uh, my, that's my stepdad says. Yeah. Don't need shirts. Don't need socks. Don't uh, have a. Don't need a tie at all anymore. All right, Pat. Thank you so much, man. I want. Uh, it's been a pleasure. I'm glad. Uh, hopefully, we entertain you every day, and we're not too over the line. But I do like to. If you ain't standing on the edge, you're taking up too much space. Is my philosophy, Pat? It's a good wake up call. <laughs> Pat, have a merry Christmas, uh, and Thank thanks you. again, man. Take care. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. There he is, Pat Richter with a little Pink Floyd on the way out. Now, Bear, I'm not done with you yet. All right, man. Guess you got to go. No, I can. I can stay for a little bit. Um, I just had to just little have a cigar for Pat. Thanks for setting that up. That was awesome. Yeah, no, he's just a, and like I said, he's just a, he's got a lot of knowledge. Um, still, still does some consulting on the side. Oh, I was going to ask him about the Las Vegas Bowl, but that's fine. That's okay. Well, that's for the, that's for the uh, 2022 segment. Damn, I was going to ask him about the Las Vegas Bowl. So, Bear, real quick, I mean, Wisconsin hockey doesn't play till what next Wednesday, I think. Yeah, when they're the, at the, the Pfizer. The, the Pfizer. I think that's going to. And if anyone's seen that, uh, how that that rink looks on online, I mean, yeah, the 28th, gonna... uh, Tuesday is is uh, the 28th when they play against Yale. Yeah. So not much, not much news to talk about when it comes to Wisconsin hockey right now. No, it's pretty quiet. Pretty quiet. The in, kids in are the doing break their, right now. They're doing their finals and everything. Probably, like I said uh, last week, they got to recharge, get away from the game, have, some, yeah. have fun playing the playing a game where they had fun as a kid. Play a little pond hockey, like inside. It was obviously not you know there's no ice outside, but 
three on three, just a fun maybe scrimmage, you know, for those. Reset. Yeah. Recharge. Do a, do a total reset. And I know Coach Strobel and the staff is doing a reset right now. Saw him a couple of days ago. And uh, so, you know, like, like I said, the, the Milwaukee tournament will be fun in, in terms of that's a basketball arena, and they they plop that. Anyone can look at those pictures or how they set yeah. that up. They can. You they said can, that. Who'd you said the two in the text last week? I think it was you. You it was, and uh, Blake. My oh, son. that yeah. was your son, yeah. Blake. I saw the number. I'm like, I'm not sure who this was, but yeah. yeah. Okay, no, it's cool. I'll, I'll yeah, say Blake's so number. They, like a, it's a it's a very tight knit rink, and uh, hopefully uh, they can start something a little special like they did back in the '90s when they had the Badger Showdown. Totally. And Bear, uh, before I let you go, um, I did notice that you know, did we talk about? When you came in with Nagy, we were talking about the Wisconsin uh, t- basketball team beating Indiana. Did you watch that Nickel State game when they like barely beat them without Ooh, Johnny Davis? Yeah, that was crazy. Well, they got George Mason now is the new team coming in. Yeah, George Mason. Morgan State had COVID issues, so they're coming in tomorrow. But my question is, what's on the Richter agenda for Christmas? What do you we guys stay got around on? here? You know, my parents well, are around Madison here. Madison Legends. You know, I mean, yeah. Come on. So a little uh, Christmas Eve at the in-laws, a little, a little uh, lafsa, right? Mm. Us Norwegians got to have some lafsa. My mom right? just made a huge ba- – I keep saying I'm going to bring you some. I should probably follow through and do it this time. I so. love that. So, it's, 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 I think it's last time I left it in my freezer for like a year. I'm like, I can't give him freezer, frozen, freezer burnt freaking left stuff. So, yeah. so Bear, I want you to have a Merry Christmas, man. Uh, yeah. Thanks again. And then we'll get you before, I guess, uh, the New Year's then. Yeah. Sounds good. Happy holidays. And uh, Nelly, you're pretty quiet over there. I just want to say hello to Nelly. It's good to see Nelly. I know. It's great to see Nelly, isn't it? it looks good. He does. Uh, Look at I'm, that beard. Bear, dude, you missed it. A couple weeks ago, Bear came in rocking a beard, too. I've never yeah. seen him with a beard before. He looks like Conor McGregor. He looks tough. I'm easing back in, too. I like it. I like it. It's good to see you, boys, and happy holidays. Merry Christmas to everyone out there. And, Bear, I'm writing down your uh, – Pat Richter said I'm going to – this is his bad gift, the third grill bu- the third grill brush. And you said the <laughs> gift that's, like, for you, but it's really for the family. Yeah. What are you doing? Are you doing well, you're a, a dad. Ball? How many socks and ties have you gotten? Yeah. No usually, size and tox. That's usually for Father's Day, I'd imagine, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm done with that, man. Yeah. <laughs> Give me some tickets to concerts. Speaking of that, Royal Blood, I got it in for Where's us, going, dude. buddy? Uh, Billy going? Strings, I got... Oh, off-air conversation. All right, Barry, you're the man. Thanks yeah. for setting up, Pat Richter. Have a Merry Christmas. Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code the Zone 125 You bet? You win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Aaron Charles Rogers is going to break Brett Lorenzo Favre's record for all-time touchdowns passing. I'm going to go on a limb rowdy and say it's going to be Saturday against the Cleveland Browns. I, I don't think there's any uh, inkling that the Packers um, – well, I don't know. Do you think they just hand the ball off constantly to A.J. Dillon and the limited carries that Aaron Jones get and uh, deny Rogers' greatness on Christmas Day at Lambeau Field? Or he has like a Saint game. Like Tom Brady against the Saints? Doesn't do anything? I'm going to go out on a limb, and I don't think it's too far out on this tree to say Rodgers will break Brett Favre's record on Saturday. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. I, in fact... I think that's a pretty safe bet. In fact, in fact some have suggested that Rodgers could have broke it in Baltimore, but instead, uh, was it Alan Lazard that he had missed potentially for a fourth touchdown? Yeah. Now, that's the... You know, I entertain conspiracy theories. That could be one. Rodgers wanted to wait and save it. I don't know. As you know, the Packers ended up winning 31 to 30. It was a close, you know, kind of bite your fingernails down a little bit kind of game. But Aaron Rodgers on the podium yesterday, Rowdy, was talking to the media and gotten getting a little nostalgic. 
about his time, uh, 17 years now in Green Bay. And, you know, looking from uh, he saw Brett Favre break some records, and now he's about to break the Brett Favre record, right? So what we see on Christmas Day I think is going to be pretty special, and it's going to be nice uh, to see it at Lambeau Field. Rodgers, who was in the media through the local reporters and then joined the Pat McAfee show afterwards, uh, Pat McAfee show afterwards, excuse me, I want to play it, but there's swearing in it, so I'm going to do my best to try and self-edit here. So, Rowdy, Aaron Rodgers, before I get to his nostalgic tales, was uh, on with the Pat McAfee show. Great interview with Aaron Rodgers, by the way, in the Pat McAfee show. And he was talking about, okay, the dump button is ready, just in case. Um, talking about the playoffs and the Green Bay Packers and potentially hosting, if not going on the road. I'm gonna. Tr- it's a six-second clip, but I'm trying to edit it too. So take a listen. Because you're either playing at Lambeau Field, which is iconic, or you're hosting the fucking Packers. Because you. I, I got it right there, Rowdy. Aaron Rodgers says either you're playing at Lambeau Field, which is iconic, or you're hosting the effing Green Bay Packers. God, do I love that bravado. Don't you love the cojones of Aaron Rodgers this year? Don't you love the big set swinging, proverbial set swinging Aaron Rodgers this year, Rowdy? Yeah, he's a different guy. He's been a different guy the last couple of years. Yeah. And really, this year, um, have opened up a whole new, you know, mantra that he's had. It's the yin and the yang, the Zen master, a guy who's not gonna bow or bend his knee to anyone. Is going to live his life how he wants to live his life and not let anyone affect it. God, I love that. Love me some Aaron Rodgers. And now he's up for MVP. God, and you got to see the media members just squirming over it, too. I've never wanted the Packers to win a Super Bowl and Aaron Rodgers to win MVP more than this year. Man, do I love it. So, Rowdy, uh, with that, the bravado of you either are coming to Lambeau Field, which is iconic, to quote Rodgers, or you're playing the Green Bay effing Packers. I love it. Rodgers, though, talking about history about to be made on Christmas. And Brett Favre. When you come into the league, Rowdy, and put yourself in the mind of like an Aaron Rodgers or you know yourself, you can play along too. If you are backing up a legend in, in, in Brett Favre, do you think in your mind that you'd be wanting to bring down and take down the records of Brett Favre and, and cement yourself as better than your predecessor? Oh, 100%. You know he's been gunning for this since probably Brett Favre took his helmet and got it signed when he was a rookie. <laughs> Which is one of the funniest stories ever. Rob Reichel has told that before, that Rodgers at practice his rookie year, Brett Favre took Aaron Rodgers' practice helmet and made the whole team sign it, saying it was including for charity. Including Aaron Rodgers. Including because it was for charity, he was saying. And he didn't know it was his helmet. And then put it back in Aaron Rodgers' locker before practice. So Aaron Rodgers comes to his locker. He's like, what the hell is this? I thought it was for charity. And Brett Favre's just dying laughing of how he's, you know, going to get Rodgers, the rookie. So Rodgers does talk about I bet ever since that day, he said, I'm going to beat, and this is Rodgers speaking, I'm going to beat Grandpa's records. And Rodgers did his rookie year call Brett Favre Grandpa, which I wonder which one happened first because I know, according to the stories, Brett Favre was pissed off about that about Rodgers going up, hey, what's up, Grandpa? So Rodgers, though, does talk about, to the media yesterday, if he was thinking about the all-time franchise touchdown record when he first started. Take a listen. Just didn't think a lot about that back in the day. I was just trying to kind of get to the next thing and thought how cool it would be to play, you know, five or eight years in the league and figure out what I'm going to do next. Um, got to 10 and thought everything after that would be a pretty special deal. But, yeah, 17 years, a lot of years starting. Just have a lot of gratitude for all the people who had an impact on me uh, 
during the journey. It's been a great journey. I like how Rogers talks about that. Yeah, I was thinking about playing like what carving out like maybe eight years in the league, then figuring out what I want to do after that. Well, he's shooting for five because I believe right around at four and five is the NFL pension. You're correct. And the average NFL career is like what three and a half years? Three, three and a half. So yeah. you get that five, you get that pension. Which would be nice. Uh, Rogers also talks about, you know, the great players that he's played with uh, along the way. You know, all the guys I got to share rooms with and got to be coached by, got to throw to some incredible players. It's fun to to look back and think about the guys that I've thrown touchdowns to. It's a, definitely an interesting group of guys and great personalities, great players. And, you know, just very, uh, very fortunate and a lot of gratitude for uh, all these 17 years. Do you think he includes Greg Jennings and Jermichael Finley in on that? I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, Greg Jennings caught a lot of touchdowns with Aaron Rodgers. And then Greg Jennings and his sister had a lot of things to say on their way out. I don't know. I don't know either. I'd love to ask him. Uh, Rodgers, though, does talk about having gratitude, about being able to sit and watch and learn from one Brett Favre. Somebody asked me the other day, do you think things would have turned out the way they did had you been a starter in year one? And, you know, the obvious uh, competitor in you and the confidence and the ego says, of course. Definitely would have turned out this way, but I think the uh, the human element and the observer and the and the gratitude is understanding that things happen the way they happen to allow me to get in this position. You think the best thing that happened to Rogers was to be sitting behind Far for a couple of years? Well, I think when you look at it, there's a lot of rookies that are forced into playing year one. Yeah. And you see that they're clearly just not ready. Look at Justin Fields. There's not a ton of guys that come out of college that are clearly ready to play, you know, starting quarterback at the NFL level and be decent at it or Mm -hmm. decent to good. So obviously I think it helped a little bit. Obviously you're behind one of the top 10 quarterbacks of all time. Look at Jordan Love when he got that start earlier this year. But I think the biggest thing is just sitting just because he wasn't forced out there. Because you've seen a lot of guys that – maybe had a lot of talent coming out of college that were forced into playing right away. And the offensive line sucked. They had no weapons. All of a sudden, the guy's getting uh, rushed every single play. Numbers look terrible. He's beat up. And just kind of flames out. Yeah. Well, Rogers does talk about that. You know, what have things ended up differently if he started day one? Competitor in you and the confidence and the ego says, of course. But I think the uh, the human element and the observer and the, and the gratitude is understanding that things happen the way they happen to allow me to get in this position. And a lot of that is being able to sit behind Brad and watch, you know, one of the greatest players, competitors, quarterbacks of all time, do it for three years and then figure out how to do it on my own. Yeah, I mean, you learn a lot of things, right, when you are behind someone or have someone in your life that you're like, okay, I like you, but I know from watching you that everything you do is exactly what I don't want to be. And you learn from that. And just like someone else you're behind or around, you're like, okay, I like what you do. I like how you act. I like how you present yourself. I'll learn from you. And if you do do mistakes, then I'll learn from that. But I can model myself after you, just like you can model yourself or not model yourself after someone that does something that you don't like. You're like, okay, well, I'm not going to do that. So more from Aaron Rodgers on Brett Favre. So Favre and him after the game against the Baltimore Ravens when uh, Rodgers tied Favre's record, he said he got a message from Brett Favre. 
Here you go. He just said, enjoy it because it goes by so fast. And the next thing you know, it's over. And it, it harkens me to one of my favorite clips from The Office, one of my favorite TV shows where Andy Menard is looking at the camera and Creed's playing the guitar in the background. They're doing a mantra. And he says, I wish they'd tell you you were in the good old days before you left them. And I've often thought a lot about that. Huh. Andy Bernard. Let's see here. The weird thing is, now I'm exactly where I want to be. I got my dream job at Cornell. And I'm still just thinking about my old pals. Only now they're the ones I made here. I wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days before you've actually left them. Um, Rowdy, is Aaron Rodgers leaving a little breadcrumb trail here that he's about to leave the Green Bay Packers after the season? No, I think it sounds like he wants to stay. I was kind of under that belief too. Or is he saying, I might be retiring? Talk about being in the good old days before you left him. There's a little snippet from Andy Bernard. I don't know. But I do agree with you. I think he does want to stay. We'll get to that coming up. But first, more of the message on uh, Brett Favre and Favre saying, hey, pay attention, it goes by quickly. Here, take a listen. With gray in my beard at uh, you know 38 years old, um, on the verge of breaking uh, one of those milestone records that I watched Farby do when he threw 420 in the in the Metrodome and uh, 421 and and uh, you know all the other records I, I got I got to watch him and break. Rogers talking about there being gray in his beard, watching Favre and seeing the records broken. He went through the uh, the nostalgic rabbit hole yesterday with the media. And here's another one, Rowdy. Would it have been different if Aaron Rodgers did indeed get drafted first overall? Here's number 12 to uh, talk about it. Yeah, for sure. Totally. And that's kind of what I was saying earlier is, you know, that gratitude for the way things went down because I feel like ultimately it was what was best for me, not just to be able to learn behind Brett, but to get picked by this organization to kind of have a, a you know, resettling of, of the ego and the competitive drive and the work ethic. This dude totally went on like an ayahuasca trip in Hawaii. The resettling of the ego, this and that. I, I love this version of Aaron Rodgers. Self-aware, just confident in who he is and living his own life. I dig it, dude. Well, and it, he seems to have kind of changed, I guess you would say, publicly. Yeah. Because he started going on the Pat McAfee show last year. You could tell that his attitude towards teammates and coaches was a lot different going back to 2020 and they've been playing a lot better and so is he yeah and he's got some say in uh, the front office too now he keeps saying farvey rowdy and i were talking in the office yesterday it's like what, have you ever called brett Favre farvey i've never heard anyone call brett Favre farvey except for aaron Rodgers the last two years yeah and the only time i've ever called brett Favre farvey is when i was kind of making fun of aaron Rodgers for saying farvey just like he calls Randall Cobb, Cobby. Like, um. <laughs> All right, more from Rodgers. He uh, talks about here. Uh, let's see here. Sitting behind Brett Favre and this more nostalgic tales from Rodgers. Uh, the way it all happened, it steer him in the right direction. He throws it better. Uh, your mastery of system is better. Instincts are better. Pocket presence is better. And that was great for me because I really got to, to see exactly what I needed to work on in order to become great because my dreams and my aspirations and my drive was to be great. Had I gone to a space where I didn't have that in the room, maybe I wouldn't have been able to firsthand see kind of comparably where I was at to where I want to be. 
Do you think Aaron Rodgers Whoa. saw all those interceptions and that's why Aaron Rodgers is so good at taking care of the football right now? He's like, I'm going to be the exact opposite of Brett Favre when it comes to the interceptions. I think partly, yeah. I mean, <laughs> seriously, though, look at he talks about, you know, seeing greatness and, and knowing, uh, you know, seeing things that he'd like to do and things he shouldn't do. Yeah. Is Brett Favre not the perfect example to be behind for the that? Perfect example. <laughs> for all the things that he did that made you scream and happy. He did everything that made you pissed and say, why the hell did you throw that ball there? Yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers like, okay, I love his arm talent. I love how he can sling a ball in there. Like that pass that Brett Favre had, or that pass that Aaron Rodgers had against the Ravens at the end of the game to MVS, where he thread that needle between three defenders in the middle of the field. You know that pass we were talking about? Yeah. It's- that was like a Brett Favre pass, wasn't it? Just, well, I don't know. Brett Favre got the mustard to put it in there, but Aaron Rodgers is so surgical. So Rodgers like, okay, he can he can have fun. Like the play when um the game previous when they like Rodgers drew it up in his hand and he threw it to the end zone to Aaron Jones and they got the touchdown. That was a Brett Favre play from 2005 when Favre threw it to Amon Green against the Buffalo Bills. Rodgers talked about it in the press conference like, I remember watching tape of Brett Favre and he did that exact play. So there's Aaron Rodgers in the huddle going on a la Brett Favre, little play drawn up in his hand. Same exact play Favre did with the Buffalo Bills. Rodgers out there doing it. And then Rodgers is also like, okay, I can do that. But also, watch me do this. I'm going to tie Brett Favre's passing touchdown record in 45 fewer games, 1,730 fewer attempts, and with 193 fewer interceptions. The yin and the yang of Brett Favre, Rowdy. Well, then I know there was also things that Aaron Rodgers, when he was younger, watching Brett Favre, that I've heard in the past from interviews. It was like, yeah, when Favre would go back, you know, you learn not to throw stuff off your back foot. You learn not really to watch his his footwork or arm angles because <laughs> he could throw from all over and wasn't necessarily, you know, the atypical footwork and arm angles and all this other stuff that you were supposed to do yeah. as a quarterback. And I bet that really did help Aaron Rodgers. Now, we still see Aaron Rodgers here the last, well, the last how many years still make some of those type throws that Brett Favre did off balance, off your back foot, but he knows that his arm strength is just that good to do so. Yeah. It's a thing of beauty, man. We'll talk more about it coming up. Aaron Rodgers going down memory lane there. Get a, get a little emotional down number 12, right? It's, it's tough to see that the father time remains undefeated. Yeah. He is on that TB12 diet, though, and regimen. Tom Brady, what's Tom Brady, 44? What is he? Yeah, I think he just turned 44. What's Rodgers, 38? Just turned 38? Yep. Rodgers, give him a lifetime contract for the Packers. I just got a a message from our guy, Fulldog, Fuller. By the way, in your absence, Rowdy, didn't hear a single peep from him. I wanted to do a wellness check on him, but he has resurfaced. A question from Fulldog about tomorrow. Now, tomorrow is a very special day. Christmas on Saturday, but tomorrow, Rowdy, tomorrow is this. A Festivus for the rest of us. Festivus is tomorrow, and I love me some Festivus. If you're wondering what Festivus is. Many Christmases ago, I went to buy a doll for my son. <laughs> I reached for the last one they had, but so did another man. As I rained blows upon him, I realized there had to be another way. What happened to the doll? It was destroyed. But out of that, a new holiday was born. A Festivus for the rest of us. That so, must have been some kind of doll. She was. <laughs> so, Rowdy, it's a Festivus for the rest of us tomorrow. A Festivus 
uh, you know, I'm going to have Frank kind of explain it, but there's the airing of grievances. So on Festivus, to, in order to move on with your life into the new year and not celebrate like Christmas, you have a, uh, just a pole with maybe some tinsel in the corner, which I do have a Festivus pole here. I have to dig it up somewhere. And maybe if you want, put some tinsel on it. But this, is, this holiday is perfect for you, Rowdy. You air your grievances of all the people who wronged you through the entire year that was. So I know you got a list. I know you got a long list. And I know you remember every single slight that you've ever had in your entire life. But for it's the year that was, Rowdy, of airing of grievances. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. And then afterwards, which... Listen, I already you, had two names pop into my head. I, I know. I, you could, I could ask Rowdy, hey, who wronged you last year? Unconscious, just can do it. So tomorrow we will have our airing of grievances. Everyone that has wronged us in the year that was in honor of Festivus. Now, Festivus technically isn't over until the head of the household is pinned. So I don't know what you want to do there. You can, like, pin, if we wrestled, I, I would give you the advantage. You're the wrestler. You're a very stocky man, and you definitely got the – you know, you got the the anger more than I do. So I will say I'll give you the nod of you pinning me at the end of the show unless you want to go through with it. I wouldn't really care to, but unless you want to, I will. <laughs> but I'll give I'll give you the nod at the end of the show of pinning me. But, Rowdy, tomorrow we will air our grievances for Festivus. Sound good? I'm ready. God, can I just don't – have, don't tell them how they wronged you, but can you tell me the two names that popped in your head? No, I'll give it away. Well, we're going to talk about this topic tomorrow anyways. Yeah, I'm just curious, though. Ben, Ben, do you want to participate in Festivus tomorrow? I know Bill Michaels is a big fan of Festivus as well, so I'm sure he'll do it well, from 10 to 2 tomorrow. Do you know no, about Festivus? No, I want to hear what Rowdy has to say. I guess we got to wait till tomorrow. He said the names will give it away. So, And we haven't talked about this all week. I told you it was one thing I wanted to talk okay, about. Okay, let's talk about it right now. Let's talk about it right now. We'll set the table for tomorrow. That's, or do you want to save it's, it? It's too, lo- it's too long for we got about where te- we're at. we got about 12 minutes right here. I gotta save it for tomorrow. All right, this is—I think I know where it's going. It involves a—it's a sport, yes. It is a sport, and it's weird that's... that we're going to talk about a sports where we've been wronged. Where uh, yeah. we're on a sports talk show, All but right, yes, so we'll save it for tomorrow. And it's a Wisconsin sport entities, but they're currently not in action, right? Yeah, they're currently locked out. Okay, mm. yeah, we'll leave it there. I we'll, get it. Well, you get it. See, he's, he's putting the breadcrumb shell down. I get we're it. picking it up when we fi- we figured it out. We found where we were going. All right, so yes, so Festivus is tomorrow. Start thinking of all the people who have wronged you in the year of 2021 and let them fly. Jalen Rager. (laughs) Ben, it's tomorrow is Festivus. Tomorrow is Festivus. All right, Rowdy, so (laughs) did you have to say something? No. Uh, Tomorrow night of Wisconsin, they found their opponent, the Badger basketball team, and that would be um, George Mason. Not one man, it's a full team. The Patriots from the A-10, Athletic 10 coming. So, Rowdy, yesterday, and this is not something who had wronged you, this is someone who I think you have done an about-face towards, especially this year, Greg Gard. Once, when, if you got, if regular listeners of the show remember, we had this thing called Mount Notice, and it, it looked like Mount Rush, remember when Mount Rushmore, who's your Mount Rushmore this came out? Well, we did the opposite of it. It was Mount Notice of all the people who were being put on notice that their jobs were in jeopardy. Now, this wasn't saying we're going to fire you. This was saying, hey... We notice you've been slipping. We want you to do better. That's and Rowdy went up there, chiseled away. Uh, you know, at one the of the first ever the rock member, faces. The first ever member and guy that ignited the idea was 
Greg Gard. Greg Gard was the first ever face chiseled out of Mount Notice. Is that when the Badgers missed the NCAA tournament? I think that I think Mount Notice dates back to like 2018. Yeah, was that when they missed though? Was that? I it might have been. I think I, it was. So you had a bone to pick with Gregory Gard, the pride of Cobb, Wisconsin. And then I've always been a guard guy. I've always been a guard. Yesterday guy. when we were talking about it, because I haven't been around since majority of the basketball season, said I think it was his his best job so far this season right yeah his best coaching job so far so you now granted they're only about a month and a half into it so yeah i mean they are but look at this team where they are rowdy um obviously when johnny davis doesn't play it's it's, it's tough sledding right you have um the loss for the providence friars that they had and then you know indiana they had to crawl but well that was johnny davis crawling back but then nickel state no johnny davis they that was tough well, they did find a way to win. And then you look at Ohio State. Johnny Davis was the only one doing anything. He called it the big men. But as you had suggested, right, Rowdy, in Big Ten play, splitting one and one, beating Indiana the way they did, then losing in Ohio, you would take it, especially entering in this non-conference 100%. Play. Ooh, I found the last. Ooh, found the last Mount Notice. Okay, who's on the last Mount Notice? First one, Greg Gard. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, are we going to have to resurface it then? And like I said, this was the last time it was resurfaced was <laughs> it was March 8th, 2021. I was going to say it was a it's while. It's been a minute. It's been a while. So it was Greg Gard because that was, uh, you know, the ending of the season with the videotapes and oh, with well, uh, the audio tapes. I'm not saying Orlando Tucker released it because I can't prove it or deny it, but there's someone's not on the staff just, anymore. Just that disaster that that uh, the disaster that that four year class was. Yeah. Lorenzo Kane, that, yeah, that looking pretty good. And Christian Yelich, Christian Yelich, which is looking very good. And then Goody, because it was the Aaron Rodgers saga. In the, if he was yeah. coming back, and then it was going into the draft because he needed to nail the draft and make Aaron Rodgers happy. So I'm pretty I think sure two Rowdy, of those people have graduated. I think you need to resurface Mount Notice. You got to get up there with a the chisel and start. Chipping away and resurfacing Mount Notice. I think two have graduated. I think two might be still be on there. So when you, and I'm not going to put you on the spot, but kind of, when you get up there uh, to Mount Notice to do the resurfacing, it kind of coincides with COVID, right? Like when all those things were closed down. I think, you know, the viewership and all the people wanting to come in and see Mount Notice, like Mount Rushmore, they shut down for a while. So I think that's why it hasn't been resurfaced. Greg Gard's got to be off. Brian Gutekunst has got to be off. Who would we put back on Mount Notice with the resurfacing? Man. So you can't really come at any Wisconsin Badger basketball player. Nope. Well, all, could all you do the collection of big men? All no? of them have been good or still pretty raw. I mean, they're 24th in the country. Yeah, they're raw, the big guys. Who would be on Mount Notice in place of Gardo? Because Gard's got to be off. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to really come. Ooh, Paul Christ? Ooh, I got one. Mo Drayton. Ha! <laughs> Second, I know that's low hanging fruit. No, no, Rowdy Mount Notice was was built up on this beautiful land in Wisconsin to say, "Hey, we noticed you've been struggling at your job. It's time to do better. Otherwise, you're going to be on Mount Fired, ooh, or Mount Doom of Lord of the Rings." B Rail has a suggestion here: Mount uh, Mount Notice and Paul Christ. Oh, I you must not have heard me say that. Oh, you said Mo Drayton. Yeah, Paul Christ, Rowdy. Mo Drayton's definitely. I was on there. very upset with Paul Christ watching the Minnesota game. Very upset. I you said things to me in the DMs that I can't repeat even to I can't repeat again. 
I can't repeat it. Paul Christ, Mo Drayton, Mount Notice. Mo Drayton's, I think, of for sure. Like, that's a no-doubter. Abira also says, what about Graham Mertz? Graham Mertz is a possibility. Mm-hmm. He did play better down the stretch. But he didn't play anything close to what he did in that uh, Illinois game. Okay, I'm going to ask this question. I don't want Ben to get his panties in a bunch and Pete from Minota to call in to really spark it. Do you think Paul Christ would still be coach of the Wisconsin Badgers? Are you talking to me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, then I don't think Paul Chris should be on Mount Notice then. What do you think of that? I think I th- I think people are actually starting to look at it though. And Mount Notice just is- because of how the last few seasons have went and the fact that uh Jim Leonard is there, he's a hot name. And I will say Rowdy that Mount Notice isn't saying, "Hey, we want to fire you." Mount Notice is, "Hey, you're on notice." We have noticed that you're slipping a bit, and we want you to do better. That's why we put your face up on that mountain. Am I wrong in that? Yeah, Paul Chris would be a candidate for that. Okay. Definitely Mo Drayton, though. Especially after these last two years. But, I mean, Graham Mertz would also fall in that same boat. I don't understand this one, and you'll have to explain J.A. Krebs. He says, I nominate Aaron Rodgers for Mount Notice. The guy who is going to win MVP, maybe? I, I think I think Krebs might be reading that article that said Aaron Rodgers is playing at too high of a level for the rest of his team to catch up. That's why they're not winning. Oh, yeah. And we had someone on the show suggest that one time who does cover the Packers, um, <laughs> which in your absence, it was a very tough scene. Someone tried to argue that Rodgers was being too good and therefore his teammates couldn't catch up with him, which is a yeah, bizarre take. I'm trying to think. Bucks. Yeah. I haven't cared about them since they hoisted that trophy. Yeah, same. Uh, and I won't care about them until about late April. Yeah, the playoffs. Um, even Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show was like not even paying attention. Well, think about it. Think about it. We have candidates. We have candidates. Uh, ben, have you ever heard of Mount Notice? Has Benjamin, have you ever heard of Mount Notice? From you. Yeah. I, it's been said in passing. It has. And I've been, I think I t- said to Ben, I'm like, I wonder if Mount Notice is going to be resurfacing. Yeah, it really soon. caught its clout in 2018 because some people would just freak. Was that when Greg Gardner first put it there? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you remember the original Mount Notice who was on it? I'd have to find it. It was Gardo. Probably that fraud Mike McCarthy. No, he was never he on would, there. I think he was already gone. Yeah, he was never on there. I think he was already. And by the way, the boys are the two seed. Mike McCarthy's got them dialed in. Oh, let's go to the sh- uh, phone quick. Who's this? You got Terry for the north side. The king of the north. I want to talk about Mr. Crisp, as they would say. You know, I asked a question um, a couple of years ago to you guys. And is Wisconsin's coaching good enough to ever win a national championship or maybe ever win, uh, you know, in the final four or whatever? And well, thank God they're going to expand the playoffs soon. Well, I mean, yeah. Do you need to go to 70 teams? I mean, I don't know. If- <laughs> 70? Come on, Terry. I know. I mean, look at look at this year. You're in the week. Look, I hate to I I hate to rain on people's parade. I always did that. There's nothing worse than having a parade. Make it rain, Terry, like you're at the strip club. Go, baby. Okay. Well, let me tell you this. When it comes to Wisconsin football, you had the greatest defense in America this year. Mm. The greatest, and you still couldn't win. You lost to Minnesota. I mean, you talk about Illinois. If Wisconsin could play Illinois every week, Wisconsin definitely would go to a national championship. Like Besides United. a couple of years ago when they lost in Champaign. That's the I don't see the point. Ben's getting well, mad, point, Terry. I love this. All right, keep going, Terry. Well, my ben, point your is mic's this. on. Get ready. My point is this. And we're always looking for some player or something to blame. 
And you go back to the second half of the Ohio State game in the Big Ten Championship a few years ago, total coaching collapse. I wouldn't you know, call I mean, that a coaching collapse. They were playing one of the best Big Ten teams in history. If the game ended at like, halftime, though, man, the Badgers touchdowns. They dominated the first half. Yeah, I know. That was the best half of Wisconsin football maybe I've ever seen. <laughs> well, yeah, but what does that mean? Why couldn't you maintain it? And by the way, Why just for clarification, sudden, Ben and Terry arguing, Rowdy and I are looking at former Mount notices and laughing. Because Ohio yeah. State's great. What? I don't see the point. This is the year you guys rigged the oh. debug bracket. <laughs> Sorry, you guys are having your own thing. We're doing our own thing. When you've got the best defense in America and you lose to Minnesota, you lose a couple other cupcake games, I'm sorry. That's coaching. Hell that yeah, Terry. Bring it. Coaching. So you want him gone? Terry, say like Donald I, Trump on the apprentice. You're fired. If, or Vince McMahon. You're fired. I think as long as Wisconsin is content with divisional champions, it, they'll, he'll be there forever. It, the point is, with all these guys you're sending to the NFL – at what point are you getting tired of and saying that it, it's our coaching is not good enough to take us to the next level? Say it, Terry. Well, I, I, I don't like this whole contempt thing. Guess what? The recruiting isn't either, and that's because you're in the state of Wisconsin. You're not in Florida. There's a difference. Hey, I love Wisconsin. The difference is you got the best – in this state, you got the best lineman in the country. You recorded the best defense in America. America. Talent-wise, I mean, we heard they held Iowa to zero yards in the first half. Get him, Ben. You know, come, come on, Ben. Retort. 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 No, I'm with you. It was a, the loss Retort. to Minnesota was a bad loss. Now get him, Terry. But this is not Paul Christ. Now, now tell him something obscene. We have this conversation every day. Yell at and him it's now, Terry. Terry, you yell at him now, quick. Tell him he sucks or something. Go. Go Cubs. <laughs> well, speaking, <laughs> of, speaking of suck, see you, Terry. Oh. I like egging it on. I know. It's infuriating. 2020 was rough for obvious reasons. This past year was also rough. There's a ran into a Michigan, damn good team. Notre Dame, damn good team. The Penn State game was inexcusable. And they lost to Minnesota. They had no margin for error. But the whole narrative's different. A, if they, well, obviously, if they beat Minnesota. I will say this on the Penn State game it wasn't Paul Chris' fault that Graham Mertz handed the ball off to Chesamusi's shoulder pad. Exactly. Where they couldn't score from the one. There are things Paul Chris and the team has to get better, but I, when you try to shake something up like this, you become Nebraska. I've said it. They had a bunch of nine-win seasons. They fire their coach. They haven't won more than, like, five games since. Yeah, but they lost nine games by a single uh, dip, uh, single digits. Yeah. Like, the history uh, was made. All this, you're, you're content with this, you're content with that talk. I don't like it. Because obviously they're not. Yeah, get content, fired up, Ben. But you have to wonder, tell Terry, does tell Terry's an idiot. Tell me he's an idiot. get you there? Say you're an idiot, Terry. No. Say it. No. I guess Ben does love you, Terry, as do I. Rowdy? I think I found the original. Oh, original Mount Notice? Mm-hmm. <laughs>